Welcome to this week's Deep Dive. This week we have our Promo Kitchen chef, Bill Petrie. Welcome, Bill. Thank you. It's the second Deep Dive, if I remember correctly, correct? Ooh, and this time we have treats, thanks to our sponsor, Maple Ridge Farms. So there's candy involved now. You can't go wrong with quality food merchandise from our good friends at Maple Ridge Farms. <laughs> you are a much better pitch person at this than I am. Maybe we'll just have a little blurb of like, here's how you sell promo. <laughs> I've had a little practice. I've had a little practice. Yeah, you've done like one or two podcast episodes. It's not a Occasionally, big deal. once in a while, when the mood strikes. Uh, yeah, you know, just you and your friend Kirby there. You just, this little podcast thing you got going on. Absolutely. <laughs> I see you do education sessions as well. Just, you know, maybe you got some free time. Whenever people want or need me, um, I'll be there. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, this week you had a great response. Our, uh, it was quite funny because last year, last, the previous week, we talked about the sales experience and everyone got really excited being like, oh, we're, you're talking about experiential marketing. And we're like, oh, no, not quite. But this week we're talking about experiential marketing. So we responded to our adoring fans questions and yep. we brought up uh, different things on how you bring it into promo, how you bring it into business. And our question was, we're all sitting on a wealth of promotional knowledge. How can we use it to justify the ROI of an experiential event? Mm -hmm. And you went, ROI is challenging to explain in simple dollars. I like to use what I call recall ROI. How long do people talk about the event, wear the swag, look forward to the next one, etc. Deliver that and clients will sing, there goes my hero like the Foo Fighters. Always, always <laughs> weave in a musical quote with every answer on promo chat. There, this is what I find so funny. So if you're not familiar with how Bill does promo chat is he will either reference Van Halen, but I think this year you are, you're experimenting and bringing in different bands. So I, I always think do a different band with yeah. every answer. <laughs> it's going pretty well. But I always think, especially when you tag the band, there's some social media manager going, Bill, who, what is this promo chat? What? Yeah, that's the idea. Look, if we could get Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters to, to participate in promo chat, my job's done. <laughs> just wipe your hands of it and back yeah. away. It's like, I would I'm leave the industry. I would just leave the industry right then. It's like my work here yeah. is done. You guys have a good time. <laughs> Just turn in your reservation. Reservation right. at promo corner. Just be like, I'm sorry, I brought Foo Fighters to it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's tackle the other side while we're tackling how to bring Foo Fighters into our promo chat. Yeah. You. So recall ROI. Yes. Let's talk about it. How? How do you boost it? How do you explain it? How do you measure it? There's a lot of different factors in it. Of, you know, yeah. experiential marketing is the trend, and so how do we put in the value to it. Yeah. So I, I, and I think I said this in an earlier promo chat, same, same promo chat session, but a different answer. I look at promotional products as kind of the original experiential marketing vehicle. Um, before experiential marketing was a thing, it was advertising specialties. And we know exactly what I'm talking about is promotional products, branded merchandise, whatever it is, but it's something you can touch, feel, and truly experience, right? I don't think any of us truly experiences a magazine ad. 
But we do, when we receive promotional product, we do experience that. We touch it, we feel it. Ooh, this weighs a lot or this pen writes so nicely or whatever it is, we experience that. And one of the challenges I had back in my distributor days, which really wasn't that long ago, was running into a problem where I said, well, how do we justify the ROI? How do I know that by spending you know, four, four grand on these particular products and giving them out to this specific target audience, how do I know that that's going to translate into X amount of sales so I can get a return on my investment, right? And, and that's a fair question. Um, but the fair, uh, in, in, but an unfair answer is to give them a number and say, well, I guarantee you it's going to result in $10,000 in sales. To me, that's very disingenuous. So to me, I always look at the sales conversation as a tennis match. So if you hit the ball over uh, the net to me, I'm going to hit it right back to you. And my, the, the serve was to me, the volley was, well, you can't measure everything in simple numbers and dollars and cents. Sometimes I said, when, when you've gone on a first date, you can walk away from that date realizing, was that a good investment of my time or was it not a good investment of my time? And it's not a dollars or cents question. It's you walk away with that feeling of euphoria or I really spent time with someone maybe who might be special in my life. To me, promotional products are no different. How, if you're doing, if you're driving a specific event, how long are, how do people react when they get, that's first thing. How do they react when they get the product? Are they ooing and eyeing? Are they just looking at it and throw it in a bag? Are they touching it? Are they comparing it? Are they going, gosh, I can't wait to put this on and they're holding it up like that. And then how are they interacting with it on social media, especially if you create hashtags for your clients to follow the trend? How are they reacting to it? Are they sharing it? And how are they looking forward to the next event? So I, I, a great example of this in, in God bless Mark and Catherine Graham, but because they're like the poster child for every awesome example of stuff in our industry. But there's a reason for that. And, and yeah. the reason is you think of the events that they've created, which whether it's SKUCon, which is a, a one day event in Las Vegas, generally right before PPAI, or if it's um, SKUCon, which is a two or three day event, usually in the fall, rotates cities, or their new common SKU sessions. They have created a merchandise experience. Leave the content out of it. I'm not even talking about the content. They've created a merchandise experience where it is very widely known that it is the event to attend just for the swag. Yeah. In fact, they will reveal little bits of swag leading up to those events. They are in intentionally and unintentionally creating that recall ROI. People are excited about the, that product, that merchandise. And there's no reason you can't explain it the same way to your clients is it's the impression you give. It's the impression you leave behind. What is that recall from the products you've left behind? Yeah. And so much about promo is that it's, we're not just giving stuff and you're doing a bad job if you're just giving stuff, but if you're yeah. giving like you want to give something that makes its way into someone's life really easily. Like apparel, yeah, that makes sense. But is it a good apparel? Are you going to wear it outside of the event? Is it going to be something that, I mean, you can just go to any airport and see how many branded jackets, bags, mm -hmm. everything there is out there. So have you created something that has fits into your life beyond the event? And that's a great yeah. way of having recall ROI and a great way for promoting like, the value, like in the quality of stuff is wanting to make it last outside of the event. And, and yeah. Well, and here, here's the thing. It's, it takes work and effort to create 
recall ROI. It's not as simple as going to your client and saying, okay, now I've got an answer for this question. Hey, um, some things you just can't measure with dollars and cents. It's going to be how well you feel or your audience feels after receiving it. You have to put thought and effort into it. How, if it's a multi-piece, um, if there's multiple pieces to the actual promotional products, how are they, how are they woven in together? How do they work well together? How do you create that experience? Not just for the day, but for the, the days following and the weeks following. And it takes time and effort to do that. So you have to create that. You have to really look at who the target audience is and what emotion you want that, that audience to feel as a result of getting that pen, that shirt, that bag, that koozie, that hat, whatever it is, what do you want them to feel? What emotion do you want to evoke? And if you use that as a starting point, you can, I wouldn't say easily, but it'll get you on the path of really creating that recall ROI where people are talking about the event afterwards and talking about, wow, that man, the stuff you gave last year at the trade show, that was awesome. Yeah. Or you can see the how many people are at your booth. Or maybe it's a company outing, a company meeting, and people keep talk, carrying around the same notebook for seven months. That's recall ROI. Yeah. And then there's the factor of like how people talk about your event afterwards or how it stays. Like Scott last week on the deep dive gave the example of where he did race car driving. And for him, it tied to him Mazda, like the strength of Mazda as a brand. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because there's been so many articles coming out about how bad promo is like, because Mm -hmm. like we have a huge effect on the environment. Like we, there's a lot of garbage and there's a lot of like one use items and a lot of like, you know, we create a lot of landfill out there and it's changing. It's not changing as fast as it should, or as we're not being as responsive as we can. But um, unfortunately what's happening is a backlash against the idea of swag. So there was that uh, fast company article about Mm -hmm. how, you know, people are moving to experiences and even like, even like a lot of stuff that's coming out is that millennials and younger people, they want to have an experience to talk about versus, you know, more stuff. And I think an older generation feels the more you get from an event, the more value it is, where the more right. you, like, you know, you, there's value in different things. So value in social media, like how do we document our lives? How do we get to share our lives? How do we do this? And, right. and I think our industry should start thinking about promo, not as a thing you should have, but as an add on to that experience. Absolutely. Because experiences are supposed to boost your emotional connection. You know, they're supposed to convey your message. So, you know, something I'm bringing up again, but like the Bumble experiential mm-hmm. thing of where men paid a dollar for coffee and women paid 88 cents for pay. Right. So show a message, show a tangible version yeah. of that message. And, you know, people are talking about it beyond the people who are experiencing that. Yeah. yeah so uh, it, there's so much of so many different factors and how do you actually show the value? Well, there are. And as audiences shift, and I I get really tired of people pointing at a group, a generational group of people, and in this case, it's millennials. I get really tired of people pointing to that group, which is wrong and stupid and and just misinformed anyway. But I get really tired of saying, well, they don't don't get it. They don't understand how, how promo really should work or all that. Look, you know what? I would actually argue that millennials as a group are far more sophisticated than me as 
a Gen Xer ever was at that age about the experiences I want. I took what corporate America gave me and I liked it. Now we have a group of people who not only have choice, but are really well versed in expressing why they deserve to have that choice. And shame on anybody who castigates that generation or any generation, doesn't matter if you're baby boomers, Gen Xs, or whatever, you castigate any generation, try to put them in a box and say, this is the way they think. No, as kids grow up, they're more sophisticated than their adults. I know completely. Yeah. I, I, I am that. Yes. <laughs> it drives me nuts. I mean, people, you know, people always, I hear all the time, man, millennials are ruining everything. Yeah. Wait till Gen Z comes along. You think, <laughs> you think millennials are screwing everything up? They're not. But if you're really worried about it, wait till Gen Z comes along. I'm a big believer. It is every youngest generation's responsibility to make everybody in front of them worry that it's all over. The yeah. earth is ending. And so, <laughs> you know, Millennials and Gen Z and whomever follows, they're going to want more experiences. They're going to want more um, uh, tangible reminders of something that they've done. You know, I'll, I'll bring it back to my generation. No, no, big, no bigger piece of pride when I was in high school than going to a concert and the next day wearing the shirt because I went to the concert. Yeah. So I got to big time everybody. That's right. I went to Van Halen last night. It's second row right in front of Eddie. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if we, if we, st- we're not, we're all not, we're all more, more similar than we want to admit. We have to cater the promotional products that they're adding something. You said it perfectly, Kate, the fast company article, it really should have said bad swag socks. That's really what it, and you know what? You're right. Bad swag does suck. And there's a bunch of, of, unfortunately, there's a bunch of people who will sell you bad swag. They will not put thought into it. They will not take the care and time and energy and effort it takes to create a truly magical experience, even if it's something as simple as handing out a writing instrument at a trade show. Is it the right writing instrument? Is the messaging correct? How does it look? How is it being delivered? What does the packaging look like? What's the follow-up call to action? All those things that are traditional marketing thoughts are just now getting to our industry. It shows you how, how far in our, uh, behind our industry truly is. Oh, and that's like a whole other conversation right there. But I, I agree with you. It's like, and I, I think a lot of it is that people are far more savvy now. And you know, this isn't really a generational thing. It's no. kind of across the board. It's like people are more, they way more savvy about what is being advertised to them. So, to break from, you know, sponsored posts, from magazine articles, like from all those things. It's like you really have to, you have to stand out. And experiential marketing is a way that people are standing out because tangible, like, I mean, can, like 10 years ago, if I told you that a yogurt brand was going to do clothing, or if Mm -hmm. I told you that KFC had a whole capsule collection of sweaters, t-shirts, and it would sell out immediately, would you have laughed at me? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But now it's like, oh, is it like the one that like Pizza Pizza did? Or is it like this other one? And right. like it is standard now to create a not just a brand, but a, a lifestyle around your, your brand and, and work it that way. Again, it goes back to me, it creates that emotion, right? I really believe that because information is so easy to get. We have, as a consumer, we all have access to more information than we've ever had. I mean, if you want to buy a podcast microphone like this guy, 
first thing you're going to do is you're going to go to Amazon or you're going to go in Google podcast microphones and then you're going to look at reviews and you're going to, you're going to make a decision on what podcast microphone you feel like you need to buy without any human interaction. So for the first time, uh, consumers are really in the driver's seat of all sales transactions. So if you're not trying to create that recall ROI, and you had a great example with KFC, um, none of us want a fried chicken smelling candle, but we all think it's funny. Yeah. And we all think, okay, they get it. They're in on their own joke, right? Mm -hmm. They know in a vacuum, no one's going to walk into H&M and buy uh, KFC overalls. But as a goof and as a way to promote their brand as fun and energetic and, and we get it, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And they created a store. So they create a fun experience around it. Even if something as simple as a company store can have that experience. So hundred percent right. hundred percent right. Yeah. And you're creating a fun experience around having people hand you money for things. Yeah. yeah. I look That's crazy. <laughs> it, it would in, in the 1970s, it was someone dressed up as Elvis, maybe at a Vegas trade show, handing you out Elvis sunglasses. That was an, at some point, trust me, as lame as that sounds, that was an awesome experience for people. It's our job as marketers and in salespeople to really understand not where people are today. It's where are we going? Where are the trends going? Um, the analogy I always use is a quarterback throwing to a wide receiver. If you're a football fan, if you throw where the receiver is, that ball is going to get batted down or intercepted most of the time. You have to throw where the receiver's going and you have to look at your audience and think, okay, if I look at retail trends and what people are really talking about and people are experiencing, that's hitting our industry now. And if it's not, I'm going to be the first one to do it. And it's really important to really think where your target audience is going in terms of how they want to experience receiving promotional products. Five years ago, packaging, other than doing it separate outside of the product, was non-existent in our industry. You could always go to the chest or other things like that and get packaging. But now, because, and I, I always use Org Audio as an example, because they've really pushed internal packaging in our industry. That's now a thing. We have an experience now based on packaging. And that's thanks to Apple. We all remember when we opened up our first iPhones and it just slowly <laughs> dropped. And what's in there? I can't wait. Come on. It's, you know, so perfectly yeah. packaged. That's an experience too. It's not just having dinner at the top of a tree. That's an experience as well, but it can be anything and it doesn't have to be pricey. It just has to be well thought out and you have to really understand what your target audience, the emotions they want to feel. Yeah. Well put. I think, I think we covered a lot here. <laughs> It's so true. And, you know, that analogy of like, we want to be where people are going is, you know, it can be a problem in our industry and so many industries is that we're not being, we're being reactionary rather than forward thinking. Yeah. And so I challenge everyone out there is like to start thinking about where are we going to be? Like where, what are the trends right now? And what do they indicate? Like I saw this great tweet and I wish I like remembered who it came from, but they always said, when you look at trends, look at the why of trends and why does this exist? Like, why are people caring about this? Why is this happening? Why, is, why are people responding to this? And what does this mean? And so it's, it seems a really simple concept of the why, but how often do you think, well, why does this exist? And why are experiences more valuable to people than promo? Or why, yeah, there, I could go on forever on this one. But, I mean, yeah, and then think of the why.
That's right. Absolutely. And you know what? You challenged everybody. So listen to Kate's challenge. That was a good <laughs> challenge. That was good. Yeah. Everyone go home. Your homework is think of the why. <laughs> That's right. Think of, find your, for, hey, people should find their own why first, but then find the why of your audience. Yeah. Like, real quick, <laughs> Apple figured out people love that moment of anticipation. And then they love the feeling of I've got a cool thing. So people can think I'm cool too. They figured yeah. that out very quickly. They've lost it though too. It's a continual evolving thing. Because, you know, you can argue that Apple's becoming respond, responsive oh. rather than, oh, yeah. you know, they're not. They've, they stopped innovating. innovating. Yeah. They stopped innovating. Like, how are we being innovative too? You got to, you know, it's, if you look to retail trends, if you look, you know, we're all attached to our phones and internet and Facebook and social media. You can take a stab at a few trends and see, use some strategic foresight techniques to, to really kind of wow your clients and impress them and, and give them yeah. the recall ROI they want. Exactly. Well, Bill, thank you so much for your time. And thank you to Maple Ridge Farms, who's our sponsor. I'm not even going to ask you where to find you on the internet because you're barely there. You're, you've got that little podcast. It's so cute what you're doing. Well done. <laughs> Adorable is the word I prefer, but okay. Adorable, yeah. I mean, you're just like got one or two articles on Promo Corner, so it's going to be hard for people to find you out there. I'm ready to disappear. <laughs> Oh, that would be the great mystery of 2019. <laughs> well, Bill, thank you again. Thank you to Maple Ridge. And everyone, remember to join us at uh, noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time for the next promo chat on Twitter. Thanks.